1: BLOB TALK RADIO Good evening and welcome to Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with us will be TJ Inman to talk Indiana's trip to Maryland. The Hoosiers are uh, losers of two straight. Uh, lost a, a heartbreaker in overtime to Michigan. Went up to Michigan State. Lost by a score. Uh, it really should have been 10-9. Indiana let Michigan State score to get the ball back. Uh, instead of them running out the clock, so 17-9 up at Michigan State uh, last week. Just a tough uh, tough pill to swallow, uh, so their overall record is 3-4. and four. Maryland sits at 3-4 and four as well, loses a three straight, uh, and four added their last five games, coming off of uh, losses uh, to Ohio State, 62-14, to Northwestern, 37-21 and at Wisconsin 38-13. So Indiana is through their toughest part of the schedule, and we are on to to Maryland. A swing game, a winnable game. Uh, TJ, how are you, first of all? And then second of all, uh, Indiana's through their part of the schedule on this back end that we've talked so much about, uh, and we'll touch on that first. Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, as
0: always, uh, you know, Thrilled to be, uh, be talking football. The season's really flying by. Um, and we are to the part of the schedule now where, you know, the, the game article I wrote uh, over this week uh, titled No Margin for Error. Um, it, because you're, if Indiana is to progress as a program, which, um, you know, it's the hope to, to keep moving forward every year, uh, if they are to do that, to me, that would mean getting to seven wins, uh, getting your first winning season in quite a while. Uh, to me, that would that would be progress, and I don't think any you know rational person um, could argue that. Uh, would it? Would there be some disappointment that you didn't get you know one of those games against the Michigan schools? Yeah, absolutely. There's disappointment there. Uh, but that doesn't mean there can't be progress this season and to me that means getting to seven wins and doing that uh, pretty much requires you to uh, to win for these next five games uh, and you're probably not going to get Wisconsin um, another one that Indiana has to play next week. so uh, Maryland, while not a quote unquote must win, uh, I do feel like it, it is just about as Uh, as close as you can get to one without being labeled as such. and Then you've got Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue. Uh, You know, Rutgers and Purdue, I think, are both improved uh, over a season ago. Uh, No question about that, Uh, but still very winnable. And Illinois, um, I think Illinois is the worst team in the Big Ten. So uh, that's one, you know, while on the road, you would expect to win that one. So Saturdays, uh, it sets up to be, uh, you know Indiana's favored by i think the line right now was four and a half um so it's it's one that uh Vegas sees as uh Indiana probably you know five five and a half points better with like a point given to Maryland for home field advantage um so it's going to be a very interesting game. I, I do think that there are some things Indiana could definitely take advantage of, with uh, and some opportunities that have not been there these past few weeks for the offense.
1: Yeah, and Maryland's defense is giving up uh, thirty-six point something points per game. They, yeah, you know, we've seen them. They gave up thirty-seven points to Northwestern, who doesn't really score a lot. They gave up 38 to Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin's a top-five team. Their offense isn't – they're not an explosive offense, uh, you know, other than Jonathan Taylor, who's having a tremendous freshman year. We'll talk about him next week. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. they beat Minnesota up at Minnesota, which was, a you know, a, a nice win for them. But Minnesota's come crashing back down to earth. Uh, they got blown out by UCF. And then, of course, they, they beat Texas – at Texas and, uh, you know, Maryland down to their third string quarterback and Max Bortenschlager, uh, Schlager and they're, they're beat up, but this is, you know, Indiana's coming off, uh, a, a playing some really good defenses in the first half of the season. Uh, Ohio state was really good. Penn state's really good. Michigan and Michigan state are, are both really good. So, you know, all this panic about the offense, while well, some of it can be legitimate, let's see, before yeah. we all go crazy, let's see what IU's offense could do against a uh, an inferior defense than, than what they've been playing uh, lately. Now, injuries along the offensive line are going to be playing a big part. We'll see if Koi Kronk can go. Uh, he was banged up last week. Uh, Simon Stepniak couldn't finish the game. We'll see what happens there. Delroy Baker came out for a little bit. Uh, So, we'll see. And and Indiana, if if guys are banged up, we'll have some decisions to make uh, along that offensive line with with who plays, who red shirts, and all of that stuff. I know you have Caleb Jones. He was traveling with the team earlier in the year. uh, Stayed home uh, with Michigan State, which leads me uh, to believe that they would redshirt him. But At some point, you need to to put five guys out there, and you might not have five guys. So if he can play, he might play. So we'll see what they do uh, regarding his redshirt. But, you know, Maryland's defenses, they're not great. Uh, They they might not even be good. Uh, And, you know, Indiana should be able to to break through to the end zone a couple of times, put up enough points to where their defense uh, can keep uh, Matt Bort, uh, Max Bortenschlager and, and Ty Johnson, D.J. Moore in check. You know, as good as this uh, Maryland offense is on paper, they they didn't score a whole lot at Wisconsin. They only put 21 up on Northwestern at home, and they only scored 14 at, at Ohio State. You know, we'll see. That, you know, they have playmakers at, at, at wide receiver and, and running back, but uh, Bort, Bortenschlager's uh under fifty percent uh, with his, uh, you know, completion percentage, and we'll see. This is a team that Indiana, where IU's program is right now, it should win. Uh, they're five-point road favorites according to people in Vegas. Uh, every expert thing that I've read uh, has IU winning this game. This is a game that IU should win, and they need to come in with the menta- that mentality and. Because we we've seen it, this program is at the point where they need to beat the teams that they could beat, and this is a swing game. Mm-hmm. We pointed this out preseason, TJ. This is a swing game, as you said earlier, between getting over that hump and having a, a winning record or finishing six and six, going to you know whatever you know the the Detroit Bowl and, and finishing six and six or seven and six, where you could now if you win this game you have a lot of momentum going there. You need at least two wins to get bowl eligible. You feel a little bit better about yourselves coming into Wisconsin. And you Mm -hmm. give yourself a little bit more of a margin for error. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the interesting thing with Maryland is that they do have a
0: couple of stars on offense. I mean, DJ Moore is a really, really good wide receiver. Uh, If he were in a better pass attack, uh, I think it's very, very possible that he'd be considered, uh, you know, one of the top wide outs in the nation. But, you know, just the system that he's playing in, the quarterback play that he has, uh, it's it's hard for him to be considered as such. But he's a really good playmaker, very explosive, very good in the red zone as well. Uh, he has seven touchdown catches on the year. Um, I, I do think that there. – Uh, Their secondary receiving threats are nothing to be scared of. I mean, Tavon Jacobs is probably the best of the bunch, but uh, again, I I don't think that anyone outside of DJ Moore is going to really worry the IU defense. Uh, And then Ty Johnson, um, he's one of the best running backs in the Big Ten for sure, Um, has not had... Quite the season this year uh that maybe some would have exchanged for them when they lost uh their starting quarterback Tyrell Pigram against Texas, and then they they you know immediately went to Kasem Hill, who is considered the future for them uh he was you know he looked good, finished that game as they came out on top uh, in austin um and you're never sure what an uh you know opening week game like that means you know. Uh, in Texas, as right now, is a losing record. So I don't know what that meant necessarily, but I watched that game and it was impressive. It was very impressive uh, offensively for for them. Um, but then Casey Hill gets hurt, and they get blasted by uh, two weeks later by Central Florida uh, in the game he got hurt in. Now Central Florida is one of the best you know group of five teams in the country. So that's not embarrassing uh but it, it it was a little bit of a of a you know a foreboding of things to come without those first two guys because what you have now with Bordenschlager uh the running threat from the quarterback is gone, and I do think it's a downgrade uh, of a passer as well um is only averaging i mean he's averaging under six yards of pass attempt that still is under fifty percent uh which is you know that that's that's not good uh, for your offense if if you're throwing the ball short like that and still struggling to be efficient. Um, so that that tells you Indiana, uh, their pass defense has been really really good this season. Um, now they have not played the best of passing attacks. That's a hundred percent fair to point out, but still they've they've taken care of the passing attacks that they've gone up against. And I think they should be able to do that against Maryland. And what that does is uh, it allows you to focus on that running game, and it, it's kept Ty Johnson and especially R- Lorenzo Harrison, who has had a disappointing season for sure. He's under four yards to carry. Uh, it's kept those two from having the types of years that they that they expected to have because the running threat from the quarterback is gone, and opponents are not worried about their passing attack outside of D.J. Moore's playmaking ability. It's more him without the ball, or him with, uh, with the ball in his hands that's dangerous than the quarterback throwing it deep to him. Uh, you got to tackle him uh, when he gets it and prevent him from breaking a tackle and getting into space. So uh, the game plan for me uh, is going to be uh, do what you have to. If that's shadow, D.J. Moore with the second receiver or a second defender, Uh, That's what you do. But you make somebody besides D.J. Moore beat you in the passing game uh, and then uh, focus on taking away that rushing attack. Uh, And and when you can, you force Maryland, uh, much like against Michigan State and against Michigan, forcing this offense into third and long scenarios is a recipe for success because they will not be able to consistently uh, work their way down the field if you're forcing them into third and longs. Uh, And also keeping them from busting any big plays, because I really don't think Maryland can uh, methodically work their way down the field against IU's defense very often. It might happen once or twice, but I don't think it'll happen on a routine basis. Um, so that's the first key for me, is preventing the big plays from Moore and Johnson. Both of them are very capable of hitting home runs, so keeping them from doing so uh, is a big key uh, on Saturday for Indiana to come out on top. Uh, offensively, I think Maryland has the, the weakest defense in the Big Ten East, and I, I think it's the uh, – I'm not sure between them and Illinois who has the weaker defense, but uh, I'd say probably Illinois does. So so Maryland is down there in the bottom two or three of the conference in terms of defense. Indiana's offense has to be able to establish some big plays. They've got to take some chances to throw deep. I think a big problem right now is that they are, uh, to me, they're kind of playing scared on offense. The play calling is uh, conservative to the point of of incredibly frustrating uh, to to fans, and I'm sure to the players as well, because it seems like uh, the offensive coaching staff is so worried about making a mistake and putting the defense into a bad spot, they are not taking any risks down the field. And I think that that takes away from a big strength of this team, which is Simi Cobbs and then Taysier Mack making big plays as wideouts. Uh, That has not been a part of the offense the past couple weeks, and I really think that has to come back on Saturday. They've got to take some shots deep, if nothing else, to open up the box so you can run the ball more effectively. And I think if you do that, you'll be able to hit some big plays, and then maybe that, that frees things up for that running game. And it makes you a little bit more effective uh, running the ball, both uh, with Ramsey and uh, for Ellison. And then, you know, when they get down into the red zone, they have got to find a way to produce better in the red zone. They have to finish drives in the red zone. If they're going to win four out of five games, the red zone offense has to be light years better than what it has been the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I I agree on all of that. And. You know the red zone offense last week. You score a touchdown there. That game's probably over. Um, well, yep. field goals kept them in the game. I don't mind kicking field goals in that game. It's just you—you you left the door open. If you have a chance to make it a two-score game with six six some odd minutes well, left, you do that. Um, let, and, and, let me and ask course, you.
0: We'll, let me ask you a quick quick question on that. I I've been thinking, and I. I don't know for sure. I think I know the answer on this, but I think it's an interesting one to, to ponder. Uh, so, Indiana, ahead 6-3, to three, um, given how the defense had played up to that point, do you think it would have been an acceptable strategy to go for it on fourth down instead of kick that field goal to go up 9-3, to three, uh, to go for it on fourth down? If you make it, you score a touchdown. Uh, and it's a two-possession game. The game's probably over. If you don't make it, Michigan State has to go, you know, 98 yards uh, to try and get a field goal to tie it or, you know, to go ahead, uh, which they, you know, they still would, even if you keep that field goal, a touchdown still puts them ahead. So I, I, do you think that that's something that uh, that was considered? Do you think it's something that, that you would do given time to, to – question what was
1: actually done yeah that was something going through my head uh, especially on the way home was do you go you know should you have gone for it on fourth down there I think it would have been acceptable either way I see why they kicked the field goal you know your defense is playing well force them to score a touchdown to beat you but I like taking a shot there it shows that you're being aggressive uh you have some trust in your offense and I, I you know i don't know what the fourth down play call would be hopefully it wasn't a run up the middle again but if you do a play action That's, break, yeah um now i do understand that I, I believe at that time a couple of the starting linemen were out with injuries so i don't know if that yep. affected play call where you couldn't you couldn't protect ramsey and you just just field goal and and uh just get it over with bottom line is a touchdown there Seals the game, and it really, Michigan State gets a stop. They get they get a lot of momentum. They do have to go 97, yeah. 98 yards for a touchdown, but they they have the wind at their backs, and a field goal ties it. And, and they, I, you know, who knows what happens in in overtime? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I probably would have gone for it. I don't mind kicking a field goal there. Uh, your defense has to make a play, and We'll talk about this. We we have a, a big article coming out tomorrow on, on the referees and things like that. IU had them stopped, uh, and then there was a miscommunication on defense. They got 16 of the 19 yards back. They got a first down on fourth down, and, and the rest is history. But, you know, you have a little bit more margin for error starting from the three than you do when they started the 25. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I probably would have gone for yeah. it, but you know, I, I'm not yeah. upset with the, the the call for the field goal.
0: No, no, I'm not either, and I, I do think, you know, you mentioned it shows you trust your offense. I, I mean, yeah, going for it would have showed you trust your offense, but I – to me, the play calling suggests they don't right now. They don't trust the offense right now. No, they don't. Um, I think
1: another thing, TJ, going into that is Yeah, you had a chance for a first down, too. Uh, you had to get to the one yeah. to get a first down. And if you yeah. do that, if you get a first down, then you can start bleeding the clock a little bit and – Maybe then maybe then you do four straight runs up the middle. If you get in, great. If you don't, you're running the clock down and you kick a field goal and they have to go down in two minutes instead of six minutes. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I don't think they trust. You know, it's kind of like reminds me of Kevin Wilson after Lego threw the pick against Wake Forest in the end zone. All of a sudden, nobody wanted to throw the ball in the yeah. red zone anymore. And that's what you kind of see with Indiana, you know, outside of that Michigan play. But drive in the first half when they got their first field goal, they ran two quarterback draws and then threw it to, I think it was Tacey or Mack or Luke Timian in the corner of the end zone. Timian. The play had no, that play had no shot. Um, no. You know, it would have taken an outstanding, ridiculous catch by Luke Timian to haul it in, but they didn't even give themselves a chance to at least pick up a first down, choose some clock up, maybe expand the play calling a little bit uh, and, and wear down that defense. So, you know, against Maryland, their their defense isn't great, uh, and you said it before, but they are third in the conference in turnover margin. They've forced, yeah. you know, they've picked the ball off eight times, which is tied for third. They forced four fumbles. They don't turn the ball over on offense only seven times, uh, so they're plus five. Uh, Indiana is going to have to take care of the ball. Uh, Darnell Savage is a very good player, but, you know, one of the guys I talked about in our Know Your Opponent is Jermaine Carter Jr. He's ha- He has two and a half sacks this year, all of them came in one game. You know, this seems like a Maryland team who's, if Indiana could get up, score first, uh, you know, score the first two times, whether it be a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns, I think you could put Maryland out of their misery. They just seem like a team that's ready to to throw in the towel, um, but who knows, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched all Maryland teams, but just going watching from, from the last few games, uh, the UCF game as well, just their big players are not producing. Uh, hopefully they don't break out against Indiana, but this is a team where maybe they see the writing on the wall. If they don't win this, they're definitely not going to a bowl game. Um, and they're already going to be hard-pressed to go to a bowl game anyway. Their remaining schedule Indiana at Rutgers, Michigan at home, at Michigan State and Penn State at home. So you're looking, best case scenario, probably five wins. Uh, maybe you knock yeah. off Michigan at home uh, uh, to get the six. So, you know, you're probably going to get their best shot early, but if Indiana could score early, rely on that defense, get a lead you know, that to me is, is something that's missing, and it's something that a lot of fans have pointed out in the, in the breakthrough process is that conservative, like, let's just hope we can make a play at the end and, and make it, whereas, you know, let's grab a, a lead, score some tack on points and rely on the strength of this team, which is a defense that's a top 30 defense in the country, and, and you know, just go out there and do what you're supposed to do, and it's beat a team like Maryland
0: yeah i think i i have i mean it has taken a little bit of time but you know earlier in this this season uh you know a light just kind of flipped in in my head and um i now completely trust like the i u defense it has like i said it' was, you know it's a transition period' cause it was so long where uh that has not watching games now i to have 100% confidence in in defense, uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to shut you know shut every opponent out. Nobody's going to ever score on them. Of course, it doesn't mean that, but uh, it means that you know I'm surprised uh, when a drive uh, is successful against them. Um, so for me, that trust in the defense should allow you to have your offense play a little bit more freely. Uh, and, and I'm hoping to see that on Saturday. You know, we should have Ian Thomas back out there. Uh, he was a game time decision against Michigan State and did not play. Uh, yeah, he
1: didn't look good so in warm up and they there's... told him to stop mid warm ups. We were down uh yeah on the sideline and they the coaches after maybe fifteen minutes of warming up going through the drills, so they you know, just said uh, shut it down and, and hopefully he's back for, for next week because he's right he's that guy to take a crossing pattern and, and really yeah. free up everybody else uh, on that offense for for passes.
0: Yes, yeah, I think he is a big part of this because they don't have um, they don't have a replacement for him. Uh, I mean, I think Peyton Hendershot could develop into that, and I think that they, I think they see a lot of. Ian Thomas' capabilities and the recruit that they picked up uh, this past um, this past week, uh, TJ Ivy, uh, tight end recruit from Chicago that Indiana will pick up. That's a big commitment because he fills the thing, potentially fills the role that, that Ian Thomas will be vacating. And it's a, it's a big hole in the offense when he's not there. So um, I'm hoping that he's back. I'm hoping that they. Uh, give their receivers a chance to really impact this game. Give Mac a chance. Give, give Simmy Cobbs a chance. Uh, I'm pleased to see Jason Harris getting a little bit more work as a receiver. Uh, maybe oh, get him the ball wide some. Open. He was wild. Oh, yeah,
1: that, that was, uh, that was yeah. a walk in touchdown. If he, if yeah. that ball's on yep. target. Yeah. For
0: all um, the complaints about play calling, that was a play call that had been a wide open touchdown. That was just missed. Um, you know, and it, if if the throw is better there, um, you know, like you said, it's a walk-in touchdown, and we might be having a different conversation uh, after that game. But um, you know, that's 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 football, and that that's any sport, uh, and and that's what it would be so frustrating about coaching is that you you, know, you set that play up for who knows how long and uh it, it works out perfectly until the throw is made. But I'm pleased to see J Sean Harris getting out there making plays. We've seen Watt Fillier uh or at least have the chance to make plays. We've seen Wop Fillier uh getting increased reps as we thought he would. So give these receivers a chance to make a play uh and have an impact on the game. And then I'd like to see uh I'd like to see Morgan Ellison be relied upon more Uh, to to pound the Maryland defense. Um, This is not Michigan State. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. It's not Penn State. Uh, This is kind of that, I think, probably the most comparable opponent Indiana's played would be Virginia. Virginia. Um, And that that would be really the only one that's kind of been in between, um, you know, a top 20 and... Uh, you know, where you're really looking at a, a comparable talent level um, based on recruiting rankings. Now, I would say that Indiana's talent level is right there with Michigan State. There is, you know, from a talent perspective, I, I will say for the the rest of the season there is no difference between the two sides uh, in terms of on-field talent. Indiana is a bit more beat up. Uh, had some guys out that I think could have made a big difference. And then um, IU just, uh, you know, we can say the refs, and that that's a factor. And, but bottom line, Indiana, um, they're just a couple Michigan of plays that just didn't get made. Did. Yep.
1: You know, and you said this before the Michigan game, Indiana has to be 10 to 14 points better than their opponents. And, yeah, you know, that's – you score a touchdown there, uh, you know, or you score a touchdown on the first drive, it's a whole different game. The yep. plays are there to be yep. made in spite exactly. of the awful officiating. Um, and I know that's probably what Tom Allen is telling his team. You know,
0: look,
1: yeah, Indiana has gotten shafted by a, a lot of calls over a lot of years. But right now, they're still a play or two away from making plays that, you know, would win the game, a touchdown there, a touchdown here, um, you know, a, a completion, a first down, um, you know, have, not having a miscommunication on third and 19. Uh, yeah. That that sort of thing, not, you know, sacking John O'Corn on a third and 19 and letting him throw up a prayer that gets caught, things like that. So it, it's not totally on the referees why they're losing, but Indiana is a player 2 away in spite of awful officiating. And we'll get yep. into that I, yeah. tomorrow, but it's, it's encouraged. They just, you know, you've got to make the plays that you can make and control what you can control. And yeah. And, and we'll see. I, I, I really feel confident about this game uh, on Saturday. I, you know, every five point favorites going in. A lot of these experts are, are picking IU to win. Uh, it's a game, a swing game for the rest of the season. If you win this, I think you, you win the final three of the year as well. You know, Maryland's not as good as they probably not as bad as they looked against Ohio state. Uh, and then you set up, you know, we'll see what Rutgers brings. We'll see what Wisconsin brings. We'll see. Illinois terrible. Um, and we'll see what, you know, what the Bucky game comes down to. You know, Purdue went on the road, lost to Rutgers. That offense didn't look great. They only put up 12 points uh, at Rutgers. So so we'll see. This is why you can't jump to conclusions so early in the season on Big Ten teams, which a lot of IU fans did, uh, you know, saying that, oh, I, I, Purdue's past Indiana, oh, Maryland's past Indiana. Um, oh, you know, how awesome did that Illinois win over Western Kentucky look? And then we found out that Western Kentucky is terrible. Um, yep. yeah, they're 5-2, and two, but they're terrible. Um, they're, this is not the Western Kentucky that J- Jeff Brom was, um, was coaching uh, last year or the last couple of years. But anyway, TJ, uh, let's get your prediction for the game and then we can get out of here.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm confident in the defense. Uh, i 'd be lying if I said I felt confident in the offense um, that while I fully understand that a lot of the offensive struggles can be attributed to playing really top notch defenses uh, I do think that there is something to be said for um, I, I do think that some of the concerns around this offense are legitimate um, I do worry that the play calling is so conservative. I do worry about the red zone struggles uh, that we've seen for a couple of years now. I mean, this is not a, a new trend here. Um, so I mean, we
1: saw even when I use offense is really good in 2013, yeah. actually great. Yeah. You saw them settle for field goals when they should have been scoring touchdowns. And it was, Right, you know, nobody cared because they were putting up fifty-two points. But if you go back to that Minnesota game that year, they got down big early, and it was because they settled three, two or three field goals in the first half when they should have probably scored touchdowns. So it's not a, yeah. a new thing over the last couple of years. This has been brewing for you know since Wilson took over, and now you know college football thing. You know, maybe, why don't people want to throw in the red zone? Why are they running it up the middle for three times? You know, things like that. So, yeah. hopefully they get that fixed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I So, I do think that those concerns are legitimate and they need answered. Um, and I think that we will see a better offense on Saturday. One, because I think Ramsey's going to get more comfortable. Two, Uh, I just think the quality of defense is going to be much different than what he's seen uh, in his previous two starts. And, uh, you know, we saw him have success against a similar talent level of defense in Virginia. Uh, So I'm going to go with Indiana, um, winning this one 31-20. I think that Maryland will... Hang around. I, I don't expect a blowout, but I expect Indiana to be comfortably, uh, kind of in control of this game. DJ Moore will make a couple of plays. Ty Johnson will inevitably break off a run. Um, just you know, there will be a, a busted play of some type, and he'll break off a nice run. Uh, but I think the IU defense will largely be uh, be in control of Maryland's offense, and IU's offense will do uh, will do a pretty good job. Um, they're at least a good enough job to kind of assuage some of the concern uh, heading into the Wisconsin game. Uh, so I'll go Indiana 31, Maryland 20. And then uh, I think that getting this win, if Indiana can do so, uh, in somewhat comfortable fashion, I think will make all of us feel uh, like things are are truly on the right track, and uh, we'll be a much better taste in our mouth than what we've had the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm I'm gonna go with uh, with you on that. I think IU's gonna win. Uh, I just personnel. I think IU's in better shape. Maryland being down to their third string quarterback, really not having a passing game. Um, the IU defense is better than the Maryland offense. Um, and I use offense yeah. should be able to put up some points against Maryland defense. Uh, as long as they take care of the ball, maybe Indiana forces a few takeaways, uh, gets their second in. It's hard to believe Indiana only has one interception on the year, but they do uh, get a few takeaways. Yeah. I'm going to go Indiana 21 or sorry, Indiana 27, uh, Maryland 14. It's, it's an improvement on offense. I, I just, I don't have total faith in this offense just yet. Um, Plus, it depends if Quay Kronk plays, how, how well this offense could play and establish the run. But, yeah, IU needs to establish the pass. I wouldn't be surprised to see Richard Lego make a cameo appearance in this. Uh, you know, Tom Allen's answer after the game kind of led you to believe that they are actually reevaluating things, and, and maybe they go back to that two-quarterback system where you start Ramsey. Uh it, If the defense starts coming up and uh, playing eight or nine in the box, you bring in Lego to stretch that defense, loosen it up. Anyway, I I think uh, 27-14 Indiana, as you said, IU should be in control. They are better on special teams. They are better on defense. And I think that the matchup on offense, Indiana is better than Maryland's defense, while Indiana's defense is better than Maryland's offense. So, anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have all all the the reaction and coverage from the game this Saturday at Maryland at HoosierHuddle dot com as well as on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, we'll have our article on the referees tomorrow, uh, going over some of the plays that that occurred, uh, what we thought of them, and and some other reasons why we think you know for for as big of an entity that the Big Ten is why it's embarrassing that they have an on-field product like Big Ten official. So, TJ, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody have a, have a good week, and thanks for listening. All right, that does it for this week's podcast. As I mentioned earlier, come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your coverage. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or on Blog Talk. Uh, either way, uh, you can find us Have a great Wednesday evening, and remember, the game kicks off at 3.30 on Big Ten Network, Indiana at Maryland, Uh, and enjoy the rest of the week.
0: Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, Indeed.com/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You
1: need Indeed. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld
1: is. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact.